Welcome to Clarity Connects, where we talk about the human essence in brands. I am your host, Tusef Mirza. All of us wants to create impact, but in this day and age of information overload and technology, it's really easy to feel lost. So it's crucial to get back to basics in order to gain the clarity we need to steer in the right direction. When it comes to brands, let's not forget who we are creating these brands for, for human beings. Therefore, understanding human attributes is essential. The topics that we will be covering will range from personal branding, corporate branding, leadership, team building, and marketing. We will also give ourselves the space to contemplate on how to best utilize the power of branding, marketing, and business to create profitability and also genuine connection to human beings and positivity for the good of the world. Thank you for joining me. And now let's explore how Clarity connects for creating true impact. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Clarity Connects, where we talk about the human essence of brands. Today's focus is going to be on how we can actually use digital data to understand better human beings. Today's guest is going to be Yannicka Van Hoynes. Did I say that correctly? Very, very close. Very, very close. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last syllable? Well, my, my, my name is Yannicka van Gens. Yannicka yeah. van Gens. Yes. Okay. Yeah, 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> and Yannicka has, been a, has become a really good friend of mine. She's been uh, with us through uh, Core Connect in the past two years. And I'm just super psyched to have her um, as one of the first few episodes where I think it's really important to understand um, digital data and how we use it. She is the um, head of insights and analytics at Google. So welcome to the show. My first podcast. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big podcast fan, so this feels really real. You know, one thing when I started to um, hang around more with Yannicka, um, you know, we, we all use Google. We all use Google search. And it was really after talking with her that I that I realized that Google is basically like the biggest database of, how do you call it? Human intent. <laughs> the biggest database of human intent. And what's interesting about that, it's not like when we're actually searching like on, on the blank page, it's without solicitation, right? We are actually right. going there and actually asking the questions um, or looking for something. And there's so much interesting information that can be there in terms of really understanding human behavior and how people are thinking about things, not just what they're thinking about things, but how they're thinking about things. And it's it's really by getting to know um, more with our conversations that I've understood that it's almost like an encyclopedia, you know, of, of what's happening out there in the world. And I think that being in marketing, a lot of times we're focused on pushing things out. And yes, we think about insights and, and market research, but I think that there's still like money left on the table in terms of really truly understanding human behavior. Do you do you feel that people in marketing and in brands understand like all this information that they can use that you have clearly? I don't think so. And it's mm. also because it's overwhelming. Mm. Right? You've heard probably the term big data yeah. a lot. Yeah. And 
if you yeah just look over the past 10 years, just the uh, exponential growth of data that all these companies have access to, mm-hmm. it is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, even the, the number of jobs that have popped up in this space have mm-hmm. also exponentially increased mm-hmm. because we need people to make sense of this all. Mm-hmm. And that I see as, as the role that my team plays is to, to simplify and to help a kind of dig through all these billions of data points mm-hmm. to to get that nugget of a, a, a great consumer insight mm-hmm. uh, that can be used for for action mm-hmm. and uh, to, to drive a strategy around uh, but um, yeah that that is something that, uh, it's a process and uh, um, it's 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 not easy but once we get through it and we get to that that very simple but aha moment mm-hmm. it's just so enlightening and everyone gets very excited <laughs> that's awesome so one of the things that um, um, that I've come to learn like every year uh, Google actually puts out uh, a video mm-hmm. and it's it's really a video that shows um, the Google organic search of what was the main areas that were uh, searched on by, by by a population. Is that worldwide or is that U.S. usually? No, that's worldwide. That's worldwide. Yeah. yeah. And so I was really so happy, to be honest, mm-hmm. to know what was the the area that Google search was focused or that people were fo- were searching the most, which was? Well, if we look back over the years, in, uh, so in 2018, in the most recent uh, video, yeah. you'll see a big emphasis on good. On good. And uh, yeah, can you give yeah. like an example of what type of questions on, on good? You know, I love good because yeah. for me, the yeah. whole thing is, is really to try to figure out how can we use the power of branding, marketing, marketing and business for profitability, but also for good? Because that's really where I think the culture is going anyways. And um, if you're going to be good, I think that that's the profits are going to come right after. So to actually see that reflected in the actual like Google searches just brings a lot of warmth to my heart. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, you were saying uh, what type of questions do they talk about good? Yeah, well, and maybe it's worth taking even more of a step back and mm-hmm. going back three years in time mm-hmm. when um, the the team was was different. So the, the the videos will focus on things that have been growing the most. It's not necessarily what has the most volume in okay. terms of search, mm-hmm. but what have we really seen increasing in uh, in interest. Mm-hmm. And um, in 2016, we saw a lot more around people trying to understand what was going on in the world. If Probably anyone thinking back to 2016 right now, like in the U.S., it would be probably focused on on the elections and mm-hmm. what was happening there and people wanting to understand more and having search terms around around that. Then in 2017, um, it moved more to how questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so that very tangible things were like how to make a protest sign, like mm-hmm. people were going out there, or um, how to be a strong woman, mm-hmm. how to how to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but most most importantly, like how to move forward. Mm. How do we get out of this year of understanding and us, you know, trying to maybe combat some of the system and mm-hmm. help out where we can? And then how can we move forward from that? And mobilize from there. Like now that we understand maybe a little bit, now how can we use that to move yeah, forward? Mm. Exactly. And then in 2018, as you were saying, just the good. Like we... We are looking for the good examples to aspire to, to take example from. And uh, those types of sample queries were like good things in the world that mm. are happening. Good mm. news. Give me good news. <laughs> 
So in terms of, um, you know, what I find interesting in those three years is it's really showing that that people do want to learn and do want a better place. And at the essence of it all are good. Mm-hmm. Thank God we, we've, you know, the good people hopefully still have the upper hand on, on, on that. So that that brings a lot of solace. Mm-hmm. Um in terms of so now we understand a little bit more in of of the population what across like the platforms how do brands need to think about their customers in terms of the general insights that you've brought is there certain more specific attributes that you can extrapolate from the data of this past year or the evolution of the past 3 years to help brands understand how to position themselves by understanding the customer. Yeah, exactly. And um, we probably all realize like a lot of behavior that used to be moved offline is is moving online. Mm. And uh, right, we talk about cord cutters, people that don't have any TV anymore and they watch videos online. Mm-hmm. Um, so more and more we're able to extract also that uh, more human behavior from, from their digital actions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... So three attributes that kind of emerge, and I alluded to one of them already, is the cur- curiosity. Mm. Like more than ever, we're, we're very uh, curious. Um, demanding is another um, attribute. And impatience. Mm. Going to curiosity, like yep. some examples there. Okay. For example, we working with CPG brands, they come to us sometimes like, well, no one searches for toothpaste or no one searches for um, just uh, uh, a shower curtain. Right. But That's even... True. Even that has grown exponentially, like double digits over the past two years where people are looking for the best toothbrush or the best umbrella, Mm. meaning that even these lower consideration categories, Mm -hmm. that there is curiosity for that in, um, you know, that we're seeing displayed in search. And then the second one you said demanding? Demanding. Um, Yeah. And we see that reflected in things like um, the spike in searches for things like open open now, near me. Like, we're not planning ahead anymore. Like, we're going out and about in town mm. and uh, we uh, we don't think about which restaurant we might go and eat at or even where we do our groceries. Mm-hmm. No, we're out on the go and we expect that when we look for something near me that we immediately get a grocery store that is open that we can walk in. Right, right, right. Um, so demanding on in the moment. In the moment, yes. I, I mean, it's true that we live in, in the we live in the world of Uber and Amazon. Correct. And so that experience of instant gratification doesn't necessarily just stay within that that sphere. Is now we just explore if it can happen yeah, there, yeah. we just we just expect it everywhere. So I think yeah. yeah, sometimes you're just like, Well, why can't this be easier? Because you have these other technological companies that have done like that have evolved so quickly that we expect that from everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So things like same day shipping yeah. are also uh, spiking because there we know now there's an example or it's possible. So mm-hmm. why not expect it from others as well? And that's in, it's very interesting for brands to think about, right? Do do they want to also then be operating at that level, right? Um, or is that logistically just mm-hmm. not not possible? So we need to focus on other attributes that consumers right. are that that hopefully that. are. Uh, more valuable or that is 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 really important to the to the customer exactly yeah and, and uh, the impatience would reflect in 
for example, people abandoning a mobile search page if it doesn't load within five seconds. Even five seconds. Oh, is five long. Se- yeah, three, three <laughs> seconds. Like it's probably the max that you can go. To. Right, right. Yeah, and and even yeah, think about your own own behavior. Right, mm-hmm. there is everything goes 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 so fast. Like our Wi-Fi is working wherever we go. So if it doesn't, like it it frustrates us mm-hmm. and it makes us therefore more um, yeah more impatient. So yeah. those three attributes of curious. Uh, demanding and impatient, um, that's something that brands can can look at and try to see how they can align with the customer's state of mind. Yeah. That is still very prominent. Yeah. You know, what I find interesting also with with this conversation is that it's not just, it's not just for an industry. I think sometimes we really talk with specific verticals yeah. But it's important also to just see at large what's happening because you might be super targeted, but you're missing the big boat of what is actually happening across culture, across the board. And maybe okay. that's where you need to focus on. I'm not saying don't focus on target, but there there can be a better balance mm-hmm. instead of just focusing on the attributes specifically to your target audience. Correct. Yeah. Let's go back a little bit in terms of uh, brand advertising. Uh, can you give us an, an example of how do you use insight uh, to help a brand to position itself, like with an example? Yeah. Yeah. So this is where um, our, our work really comes in, right? Helping brands understand and first what's happening uh, with uh, with consumers overall and, and uh, the, the trends that we are observing. That, but then how can they act on it? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's, it's really... Uh, that simple insight that's probably going to have the most most impact for the brand. Mm. And I, I like to go back to um, when gluten free was really a thing, mm. and people were all understand, yeah, trying to understand more about what is gluten free, why is it, why are gluten bad for you? And then once they understood that, they started to look at like, okay, which which product can I then consume, right, right, or which ones might have gluten. And uh, we, for example, saw um, people also searching for uh, is is vodka gluten free or which vodka brands are gluten free. Mm. Vodka is gluten free, like in general, but right. uh, showing you don't kind of make it gluten free. <laughs> yeah. It is it is gluten free. Uh, but no one, no vodka brand was talking about that. So the one mm. vodka brand that kind of jumped on that and just put that on their bottles, like it's gluten free. Mm. They. They saw success from that, and using that in their in their positioning and their messaging as well uh, is what made them uh, uh, win in in the category. So that's really yeah. interesting because you're not. That's what an insight is. It's not necessarily something that you're looking for, but it's something that you discover by looking at the data, and then you try to see well how is how can that be applicable? Correct. Right. Yeah. 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 And then does that happen? Does that happen? How can I say, like all the time, uh, or is it really difficult to come up with an insight? Sometimes it, it is hard because it's kind of on that surface, right? How you would describe it, like the definition that we've been using is an insight is a novel, mm. incredible finding tied to a so what, um, mm. and and that credibility is is really what makes people do like ah yeah ah, I, I recognize that or right, right. why didn't we think about it in that way? So it's um, it is hard, especially if you're using with uh, you leveraging these billions of data points mm-hmm. uh, to to try to uncover that. Um, but that's where, um, yeah, where, where the work comes in. And, and, and once we find it, it, mm-hmm. uh, it, it really helps. And what I would encourage any brand to do is just go through that kind of digital experience yourself. Have you, have you looked for your brand recently? Have you 
ask questions about the category online. What what are what is coming back um, in Google in Google Trends? You can even see what types of questions people are asking around that category, that brand, that product. Um, so make sure you know that. And are you answering to those questions that are being asked? Mm-hmm. So. I totally agree with you. I think that we don't do that enough. Like that's a concept concept that I talk about on this podcast is to become the guinea pig Mm -hmm. and that there are certain things as human beings, we do the same. And sometimes we just need to sort of look at it from the perspective, not from a brand perspective, but from a customer perspective and, and literally go through the motions. It'll give you a good indication of what is a frustrating experience or what yeah. is a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. It's often an eye-opening moment. Mm. And um, it could be as simple as like, oh, yeah, it does take a long time for this website to load on, on my mobile. Like, I would be frustrated. Let's Let's fix it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, or other or other times, like ah, yeah. If if these are the questions people are asking, why don't we have content around it? It could be as simple as a um, a blurb of text on our website, and we would be able to satisfy the consumer question or that, that need that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's often very effective. Mm. Um, in terms of the insights, so for example, I think that's interesting. The the gluten free. When you're looking at insights, do you know? who automatically or what category would benefit? Because an insight is is sort of um, something that you found, but it can be applicable in many different ways, right? So can an insight be also applied to many different brands or categories? Or usually you try to have it within the same, like one area? It, it depends. So when we go back to this, those three attributes we talked about, that's applicable to mm. any category, right? That's just how consumer behavior is constantly evolving. But um, at times when we are doing specific research on a, on a category, we do tend to go in with hypothesis. Mm. And that's, I think, so important to make sense of the billions, uh, the billion, uh, billions of data points. Um, if you just kind of go in the Wild West, like right. it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a really long time. But if you have certain hypotheses that either could be uh, confirmed, right, or, or rejected, mm-hmm. it, it will give you focus and um, will often lead to a specific category inside that is useful. So that's interesting. So how do you come up with an hypothesis? That, there's off, that could be a long list as well, right? Like some common beliefs that we might have. Mm-hmm. Like if I ask you, um, why is, are people not chewing gum as much anymore? Okay. You probably have a couple hypotheses. Like mm-hmm. uh, maybe mint is now uh, has come up because it's um, less intrusive when you chew in front of someone and a mint you can just take quickly. Mm. Or people have found out it's very bad for you to chew gum. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the flavor innovation has not been there fast enough. So, or you don't know where to put the gum when you're finished with oh, it. When you're fin- yeah. <laughs> so, just together, we already came up with four or five hypotheses right. that we can now start to test with uh, with our data. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the question, to, when you actually come up with the question to answer with hypotheses, the questions are coming depending on the brands you work for, or they're they're more sort of like general questions and then you try to see where they could apply? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah, yeah. Try to, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm just curious. So once you have the hypothesis, so let's say people um, don't know where to put their gum. So once you have that, then you're actually going to go look in the database 
to see whether there is a corroboration with that theory? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And often starting with like our people asking questions about that online, like okay. where to put my gum after I'm, I'm done with it. Mm -hmm. um, I, we're, we're just riffing on this example, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that would be um, the the approach. Yeah, to okay. Yep. And I guess the other way could be also that you are just looking at questions that are asked the most for that category. Yeah. For that category. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But just looking at pure volume, for example, we've you know pizza has been the the most searched for food term probably as as long as we can look back. Really, <laughs> still, still, <And> still. still. <laughs> but that's not really where an insight will come from. Uh, going back to the the year in review videos as well that we talked about earlier, um, it is more about what's what's starting to trend or what's starting to ch really change over time mm. uh, com in comparison, maybe to. Uh, a category that's similar or a brand that is similar, uh, that's really where you can find some tension and some insights that uh, just purely looking at volume, you you would not get. Mm. So let's move on a little bit in terms of trends, but also in terms of the, the, fu the future. Um, we know that voice technology have been has been really getting more and more popular in, in the past few years. Google Home has been around for four years now. Um, has it been a steady increase in terms of the voice technology that um, that Google has been involved in? Or do you feel it's kind of plateauing? Where are we with that? It's been interesting to see um, kind of human behavior shifting mm. or kind of progressing with that as well. Um, so the, the voice technology that Google has, we call it the Google Assistant. Mm -hmm. So truly being assistive in your life, right? And uh, you can now speak to someone as well that uh, can give those those answers that you would normally get when you type something in. Mm -hmm. And we see more and more integration with other devices mm -hmm. where the Google Assistant is then incorporated. So there's now over a million uh, devices uh, globally that have this voice technology incorporated just on the Google side, right? And then, of course, there's there's other players out there as well. And, Can um, you give an example of the devices, for example, in a home? Um, yeah, in a home, like in your refrigerator or in your uh, sound mm. music device, uh, in your car. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Cars and, outside of the home. Of, okay. Yeah. So that's what you mean by integration. Integration into a device. Yeah. Into the device. Yeah. yeah. And have you found that there's uh, that people are asking for things differently? As opposed to, because before Google was really sort of like a typing mechanism for, for search, but now you have voice. So have you seen differences? Yeah, it's been fascinating to just see more of the natural language uh, mm. come up in uh, the way people uh, voice search versus uh, type search. And um, the, that makes the, the queries a lot longer, that almost puts more emotion in it as well. Uh, and the example I'd like to highlight is that we... Um, They're, they found 5,000 different ways that people set their alarm. That uh, they set their alarm? That they set their alarm. So even just wow. wanting to be woken up at 6 a.m. by your device, there's mm -hmm. there's over 5,000 different ways that people say. Uh, so wake me up alarm. at 5 a.m. or 5 a.m. wake up call. 
like all these and there's five get up early tomorrow i need to get up at 5 a.m please set the alarm yeah okay all right that's the nice version (laughs) yeah yeah which actually the the assistant will um reward you when you use please in uh in your language and uh, oh that's great they thank you for asking that so nicely (laughs) (laughs) um in terms of what it what it's giving you in terms of insights um because now it's it, it feels like it's more rich um, how, how are you using those insights versus the insights, for example, from a Google search that we use on the computer? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest that we don't separate it as much oh. yet because okay. right, the, the human intent yep. is, is still the same or mm-hmm. the, the, the answer of the, the, the question we have, the need that we have, mm-hmm. it's just the display of it is, is a little different if mm-hmm. you voice search or, or, or type search. Um, so although there's now a lot more kind of variations of a, of a search, doesn't mean that the overall um, sentiment or, or intention change. Um, in conclusion, is there something that you would recommend for brands to do more from a human perspective that you feel that they're missing um, the boat on something? Because that's that's... On this podcast, you know, we do talk about marketing and branding, but I always want to relate it back to the basics of things. And is there something that you feel that brands are not um, grasping or should focus on more? Yeah, so with uh, with this digital data, there's just um, so much more opportunity to be be relevant and personalized to your uh, your audience. And if you still think one size fits all, like that's uh, that's, that's the old way of marketing, mm-hmm. uh, which you you don't have to um, you don't have to rely on anymore. And talking about like technology and kind of the power of AI and machine learning, right, really gives uh, brands the opportunity to kind of automate the way uh, their their marketing goes uh, to to their audiences. Mm-hmm. So I, although these are scary terms, like I would not be scared of them at the end of the day it's just having machines learn learn patterns mm-hmm. and then being able to to act on those patterns so mm-hmm. if if you have a brand that's, that speaks to multiple different target audiences in different ways like leverage leverage that and and bring that to life in digital as well mm. and and be there at the right time you know for the right person with the right message mm. Mm. like you mentioned the word automation and you we mentioned the word ai um how do you differentiate both? They're relate. They're related. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, automation is um, is often powered by AI, so okay. our artificial intelligence, and uh, what I just mentioned with AI being the the recognition of patterns by a machine. Um, however, to recognize patterns, it first needs to be fed mm-hmm. kind of the the type of pattern that it needs to start to recognize. Um, and so then that, it can learn by itself. Afterward. And then it can learn by itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then automation can be put into play to to act on those learnings mm-hmm. um, with, without us having ever to touch all the different iterations. Mm-hmm. I think the, the the brands that are doing it well today are are embracing it, are experimenting with it, testing mm-hmm. with it. And they, um, uh, yeah, they, they see the returns from it. I, I do agree with you. I think it's really about embracing technology while really staying human at the core of it all. And as long as you have 
um, the guardrails of accountability and you have the right intention. Um, technology is an amazing tool. And, and I think we just got too excited sometimes uh, or different uh, entities got a little too excited and realized the power of it. But like any power, you have to make sure that it is used wisely. Mm. So this is a question I ask to all my guests. Annika, what is a clarity moment that you have gotten in the past year? So this can be professionally. I don't mind if you go personally. You can carte blanche, whatever you want. Um, yeah, so clarity in terms of human beings and, and brand. Um, it probably goes back to some of those terms that we've used throughout, and that is just simplicity. Um, we we try to make it very complex sometimes for mm. for the consumer and for the brands, and we'll um, we'll put our own barriers up. While just if we think about it, not as digital and technology and AI and all, but just at the end of the day, it is a conversation that to that a brand can have to a consumer, and the, the brand is is as a human element as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. Then we can just keep it very simple. Thank you so much, Yannicka, for being part of Thank this you. conversation. Mm -hmm. I think that um, we don't have enough of these conversations in terms of data, but what does it really mean from um, a human perspective and how we can use it in a, in a positive and wise way? So um, thank you all for listening, and um, I look forward in connecting with you next time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>